This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there for you. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. You know what, Johnny? It would probably help if I turned your microphone on. Uh, Let's try that again. I'm Johnny Ray. Much better. All right, so uh, you tricked me out. You're sitting in a different chair, but you're using the same microphone. I see. Oh, yes, so I am. Uh, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything that you want. Uh, Big news on this uh, teacher strike. Apparently, the teachers have, at this point, voted to end said strike, and uh, classes are to resume tomorrow. But what I thought was interesting here was what some parents were doing in the absence of of the government school. What were they doing? Well, they were, uh, you know, doing what good parents do and doing what it takes to get their uh, child uh, an education. In this case, by signing up for charter schools, according to CBS Local over in Chicago, public school parents frustrated by the length of the Chicago teacher strike are looking for other educational options. And the city's charter schools have reported a number, a record number of calls. Yeah, my understanding is the charter schools are, um, they're definitely controlled by the state, but I think for the most part, maybe completely, they're non-unionized. You know, that would be uh, interesting. I don't know all the details on that, but it sounds believable. Yeah. So uh, Please continue. I mean, clearly they're open, right? So they're uh, they're taking business. According to CBS 2's Dorothy Tucker, some parents are just asking questions, but others are enrolling their children for classes at charter schools. Five-year-old Anthony spent his first week of school at Jesse Owens Elementary Community Academy. But after the Chicago Teachers Union went on strike and the walkout dragged on several days, Anthony's mom got fed up and Anthony is now enrolled at Lloyd Bond Charter School. She said, uh, Leandra Smith said, it was just very stressful for me and I started to get angry because I'm like, Why is it lasting this long? She's among nearly 30 parents who enrolled their children in charter schools since last week. Now, 30 parents in the city of Chicago, not exactly a a huge debt. Less than a drop in the bucket. But nonetheless, interesting. According to the Illinois Network of Charter Schools, 12% of Chicago students attend charter schools. And that percentage is expected to grow because calls to charter schools from frustrated parents have jumped from an average of 10 per day to nearly 70 Stacey McCoff, the chief operating officer of INCS, and uh, CBS Local has a nasty habit of refreshing itself, <laughs> the Can, website. what? I'm sorry, what went up from 10 to 70? That's the number of calls. Uh, so they get a certain number of inquiries per day on their phones. They got 10 previous to the strike and 70 uh, per day after the strike. So that's a huge, huge increase. Uh, So the CEO of this organization said that uh, that tells her that there's a demand, that they're knocking on doors, the parents are taking action and proactively reaching out to try to find the best school district for their child. Charter schools are an essential part of that, she says. In our mind, that's part of the solution and a very critical part. Now, you know, a charter school is still typically tied in with government. It's usually some sort of a company that comes in and works a government contract to operate a school. That's my understanding of it, having never actually attended one. Are you familiar at all with this? Uh, somewhat. Um, it's not always corporations. Sometimes it's um, you know individuals who are, who are educators who love to educate and love children and, and such, and they'll open uh, 
specialized schools like art schools um, or, you know, just like kind of hippie style unschooling type places. But they are uh, well, uh, un- unschooling. Aren't they getting money from the state? Uh, yes. Wouldn't that mean there'd probably be strings attached to that, like you know, testing requirements and things? Unschooling is not the right word to okay. use. Okay. Um, but so I was thinking of some friends of mine who were um, in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, who were um, – they had moved there from Florida, and they were teachers, and they were wanting to get into the um, the state mm-hmm. system because the pay is so 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 good. And uh, they worked at a charter school for a while, and – it just struck me as a sort of a hippie-ish environment. Well, I imagine it's uh, pretty successful if it's in any way. I, I've heard there's different ways they've set this up. I mean, each, like you said, it could be a group of individuals. It could be a corporation coming in to set up these charter schools. Ultimately, they are tied to the state, but they seem to have more autonomy because they're coming in and they're you know offering to do things differently. And there's some level of hands-off. Uh, as I understand it, by the state operators. I think it's part of a, a, a trend in this country and maybe in the world that is optimistic to me that um, is towards freedom and um, the 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 state still still wants to hold on to a little bit of it, but, but uh, maybe this is part of an awareness on their part that they can't control things, so they'll cede a little bit of control but try to keep the money, try to keep some control – um, that's that's all I got to say about Here's that. The uh, Chicago CBS local story says it's not necessarily a better academic solution, according to the Illinois State Board of Education, which may or may not be a decent uh, source for information. Seventy-three percent of elementary school students in charter schools meet or exceed state testing standards, compared to seventy-five percent of students at traditional Chicago public schools. What do you think that's – what's up with that statement? How skewed is it? Because it would seem that charter schools would do better on average than state schools, but perhaps they're focusing on things that are different from can, the state schools. Can, can you repeat the statistic for it's me? 75% at traditional government-run, fully government-run Chicago public schools, 75% of elementary school students uh, meet or exceed the state testing standards, whereas only 73% – at the charter schools, these are only elementary school students, 73% at the charter schools meet or exceed those standards. Well, um, I'm not a good arbiter of this because I've got two answers based on based on which way it went. I have an answer for if charter schools had done better, and I have an answer for if charter schools had done worse. All right. So my answer for charter schools doing worse is just basically that it's a it's more free form, it's less rigorous than a public school. So maybe they're not testing as well by state standards, but they're doing better at educating the kids. Um, that's not what I was saying, but yeah, maybe. I just wonder about this statistic because would the Illinois Department or the Illinois State Board of Education have an interest in making it look like public schools are better than charter schools? Because uh, this is the source of the information it would seem that they would have a bias towards the government schools. I certainly think that they would. It makes them look better. Which makes me wonder why the statistic only cites elementary school students. Is that because middle school and high school students do better at charter schools? I hope so. I'd, I'd like to know what your experience is, if you've got some with this, 
450 free maybe as a student at a charter school, a parent with a student at a charter school, or perhaps somebody who works for the education system or etc. 855 450 free. You are certainly welcome to share whatever's on your mind. Asked if it bothers her that some parents are putting kids in charter schools rather than waiting for the teacher strike to end at the traditional schools uh, to open again. Striking teacher Jeannie Pimentel said she wouldn't put her child in a charter school if she were a parent. But she said parents have a right to send their children to where they want to go. Really? Well, that's good to know. At least as long as you can afford to send your kids where you want them to because the state is constantly extracting uh, all manner of money from at least me, any other property owner as well, and certainly renters extracting huge dollars to send kids to these government schools, whether they like it or not. So exactly, exactly. You can send them where you want, but you can't send your money where you want. My thoughts exactly. You can, uh, you're certainly uh, free to send your children wherever you want, but just don't forget to give us that check or else. Fellow teacher Tanya Saunders-Wolf said, It bothers us. But I'm sure that parent will be back. 855-450-FREE. I don't know. I mean, if if it's better at the charter school, it'll become pretty immediately obvious, I would think, to the student that is uh, is being sent there. And uh, why would they want to go back once you find something better? You know, why would you? It's like, why would you want to downgrade to a dial-up modem after you found broadband? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd only do it if you were forced to. 855-450-FREE. You can take control here. The rest of her quote, because the page refreshed on me, if it bothers us, but I'm sure that parent will be, or it bothers us, she says, but I'm sure that parent will be back because our parents love us at Jesse Owens. Whoa. 855-450-FREE. Your experience, certainly welcome. You can bring up anything that you want, observations on the strike, whatever's welcome. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com, where you can get interactive uh, there completely free. The features on the site we give to you, and it's thanks to great sponsors like SACL CAI. If you have a company and you're sick and tired of handling collections, or maybe the company that's supposed to be handling collections for you isn't doing such a great job, you should get in touch with SACL. You can go to their uh, website via their banner at freetalklive.com. So you look at the top of our banner column, you'll see the SACL CAI banner there. And that's when you'll find out about uh, SACL CAI, that they're trying to resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. You can visit them again through the banner at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. Uh, Ian, um, maybe Ray. later in the show, yeah, I'm Johnny Ray, maybe later in the show <laughs> I could do 
a live read. I would love to you do that. You certainly may if that's something that is interesting to you. That would make me feel like a real a, a real, real talk player. <laughs> so we're talking about the Chicago situation uh, with the, the teachers and the, the protests and the public school teachers having been off for approximately a week and two days, I think, at this point. That's right. Yeah, and they're going to be starting up school again tomorrow. Apparently, they've come to some sort of an agreement, and I don't know what the agreement is, but I'm guessing that somebody's going to make some more money, meaning the teachers. I get the feeling. I've read half of the union officials agree to end the strike story, and so far, my my feeling about it is that the union caved. Really? Yeah, but uh, it's just a feeling, just okay. a feeling I have. Not that I really uh, am concerned because I don't really care about what the structure of the government school system is. I just want it to be dismantled. Yeah. And apparently I'm not alone because we were talking about how some parents who are frustrated in Chicago with a lack of a place for their kids to go during the daytime and a lack of an educational obvious opportunity for them have decided to send their kids to charter school. Or at least look into it, because according to uh, some information here at CBS Local over in Chicago, there's apparently a waiting list of about 19,000 students to get into charter schools. So if charter schools were, as was suggested earlier by the government bureaucrat, their spokesperson for the Illinois State Board of Education, if charter schools were actually an inferior educational option, which is what they suggested by saying that elementary school students uh, are worse off at charter schools as far as state testing standards go regarding meeting or exceeding those standards. 73% at uh, charter schools meet or exceed them. 75% at traditional government public schools meet or exceed them. So suggesting that charter schools, you know, they're not quite as good as those government full-on 100% government schools. But if that were really true, why would there be 19,000 people who are waiting to get in? Yeah, and I think that your parsing of that number in the last segment was uh, pretty telling, that they used um, uh, test results from elementary school students right? who, um, you know, it could be argued, haven't really been in school long enough to show the changes that uh, different regimes, different environments can have on their learning I don't know if that's true, but it's an interesting theory. I mean, you would think that if if a new environment for education was very effective, that you'd have a radical difference between, you know, first grade and third grade, for instance, whereas in government school, it's always seemed like kids take longer to learn things in the, in the government school environment. Mm-hmm. And by now, the charter schools have been around long enough that they're um, I'm, I'm certain there are high school age students who've been in charter schools for their entire educational career. So those numbers are available. And for all we know, maybe there are some really bad charter schools. Oh, there I'm sure there are. That are bringing the average down significantly. Who knows what you know variety of charter schools. I mean, there could be some good old boy agreement with a charter school operator where he's just running some junk charter school in return for some kind of a state payout. So who knows what level of corruption is involved? Because we are still talking about ultimately state-organized uh you know, kind of setups. I think, yeah, I think municipalities and state governments are much more liable to be taken in by hucksters and such because there's really no fallout, no repercussions for them if they get swindled. And I think that uh, it, that, that in many cases, um, a, uh, a confidence man has come in to open a charter school and get some money and get out.
You can take control of the airwaves here, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You know, in other news about government control of certain things, there's uh, something from MarketWatch.com about GM, or Government Motors, as uh, some have called them recently, due to the bailout uh, that happened a few years back. According to this story, the Treasury Department is uh, resisting General Motors' push for the government to sell off its stake in the automobile maker. The Wall Street Journal Journal reported that following a $50 billion bailout in 2009, U.S. taxpayers now own almost 27% of the company. Hey, congratulations, Johnny Ray. Did you know that you were part owner of uh, GM? I don't feel any richer. No, because you and I don't get any of those dividends. We don't, uh, you know, if if GM wins, we don't win. And if GM loses, well, we've already lost because the government stole the money from us in the first place that they funneled over to GM. And it's, it's just so dishonest for a journalist to word things that way. And I realize that that's not their intention. Like, whoever it is that wrote this news piece... They didn't intend to be dishonest here. They really do believe that we all own 27% of General Motors, as though that's actually a true statement, but in no way, shape, or form is it, because if you owned it, you'd be able to control it. It's creepy collectivism. Yeah. Creepy collectivist thought. Well, and it's so common, too, which is why I say it's, you know, you can't really blame the journalists for uh, for making that mistake. They're taught in government schools and then taught in government-run or government-funded uh, colleges, so they're all all along they're being indoctrinated to this particular viewpoint. Yeah, I was tell I was uh, discussing with you earlier a, a a proposal that I'd been ruminating on um, to uh, lease land to the Chinese, and mm-hmm. I kept thinking of um, of it in terms of of we of we um, um, we when I should be talking about the the, the U.S. government because it was a completely state based um, idea. Yeah, it's good to separate them from us because I'm not them, and I don't want to be them, and I don't want to uh, – that's because I don't want to use force on others. I don't want to threaten anybody to get my way. If I want somebody to do something, I'm going to have to use persuasion because it's you know it's inappropriate every time to use violence, in my opinion. And uh, certainly you're welcome to comment at 855-450-FREE. But so, again, 27% is what's owned of GM by the U.S. federal government. And GM executives are now chafing, apparently, at that, saying it's hurting the company's reputation. Wow. You think they should have thought of that in advance, right, before taking the the money? Uh, It's hurting their reputation and its ability to attract top talent, uh, top talent presumably to design cars and such, due to pay restrictions. Earlier this year, GM presented a plan to repurchase 200 million of the 500 million shares that the u.s government holds with the balance being sold via a public offering but officials at the treasury department were not interested whoa yeah (laughs) so i guess they want to stick around uh, as being car manufacturers the u.s government public private partnership yeah you're gonna probably see more of that over time by the way more government uh takeovers of of uh, private operations 855-450-3733 1-855-450-FREE take control of the airwaves bring up what you want this is Free Talk Live coming up China in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel 
the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And if you uh, enjoy all the features on the site, then you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com, and then you'll be able to enter Amazon. There are different Amazons there for different parts of the world. Amazon US, Canada, UK. Click into the right Amazon for you, and then you will be able to do your regular Amazon shopping experience Except uh, it'll be that a percentage of the purchase price will go to Free Talk Live. So it's the same great Amazon selection, same great prices. Everything you're used to, it's just that you're entering through our portal so they know that we sent them to business and they send us a cut as a result. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian here. Johnny Ray. All right. So toll free 855 450 free, whether it's uh, General Motors, Government Motors, as some would call it, the government schools versus charter schools discussion, or whatever you want to discuss, you can bring it up. Plus, coming up, how pot helps parenting on the way. But, uh, Johnny Ray, you also had something about China, at least a a handful of things. Yeah, a couple of things. I'm not sure what you considered most important, but uh, I'm interested in hearing it. All right. Well, I'm going to bring up the... um the sort of developing trade war between the U.S. and China. Uh, President Obama has recently brought a case against China in the World Trade Organization. Obama's administration accuses China of illegally subsidizing its auto and auto parts exporting Hmm. industry. And I have a story uh, from the AP. Why it matters, China's auto parts industry. The issue. The U.S. government has challenged Chinese policies it says improperly subsidize exports of auto parts in violation of World Trade Organization free trade rules. The issue is politically sensitive at a time when Western governments are trying to boost exports. (laughs) This right after we were talking about the uh, General Motors, how they want to have the government sell off of uh, its share, its 27% share of GM. So apparently it's totally all right to subsidize automotive uh, manufacturers here in the United States. Uh, it's, it's okay for the U.S. to do that, but they're saying it's wrong for the Chinese government to, uh, to, to do the same thing? Right. Well, in the world of politics, words, words are the only important thing. doesn't matter what you do, just as long as you say the right thing. Mm -hmm. And right now, Obama is, um, or at least at the time, he was going through Ohio, which is um, an auto manufacturing state. And it's very important um, on the political map. They say that no Republican has won the presidency without winning Ohio since 1960-something. How about that? The issue is politically sensitive at a time when Western governments are trying to boost exports, especially of higher value industrial goods, to cut high employment. China is the world's biggest auto market, but rapid sales growth is slowing, increasing pressure on Beijing to avert the loss of manufacturing jobs. Where they stand, 
Trade and China have become sensitive issues for President Barack Obama, who faces pressure to generate jobs and pledged in 2010 <laughs> to double exports within five years. I love the idea that uh, you know the president can generate jobs, that this one man has the ability to just you know excrete jobs into the marketplace. And it's just so ridiculous. I mean, go, again, we're right back to discussing the journalists and how they uh, phrase things and the way they communicate. Presidents don't create jobs. They're just the heads of the executive branch of the U.S. federal government. If there's anything that's going to create jobs is it's the government getting out of the way and leaving companies alone and leaving people alone to start their own businesses. But they don't have any intention of doing that. And that's the, really the only way to uh, – or the best, most effective way to make the economy stronger. Yeah. Uh, one of my most hated analogies that I hear is um, about – People talking about government bureaucrats or presidents steering the economy of right. the state as though they were ship. ship's captains, uh, mighty captains, um, and they do no such thing. Just like you said, all they can do is get in the way. All they can do, the best they can do is hope to align themselves with the winners, is to pr- predict sure. trends accurately. And – and um, mm, yeah, they're no better than anybody else at doing that. <laughs> they're just people. Their 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 skills are at um, demagoguery. Lying. I tell lies pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, inciting mobs and stuff. And some of them are decent speakers, but not even that. I mean, George Bush was a terrible uh, speaker. Yeah, I don't think Obama. He doesn't do anything for me. That's supposed to be one of his great strengths. Is that but right? He just seems I don't much like care a, for his cadence. A hack to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the the words that they say are um are nothing but hackery, um, and that's what what I listen to the words and their delivery doesn't uh, obama's delivery isn't all that great shakes to me certainly your thoughts are welcome 855-450-FREE so tell me more by the way we apparently are suffering from power outages here or at least brownouts um, but luckily we're on bat- uh, battery backup so hopefully we won't have to uh, go into emergency mode here i don't know what the weather's like outside but anyway going on uh johnny ray so tell me more about the story is there more uh yeah actually i want to switch to it to a story yeah. about um Antigua, going back into history. Um, but now the Chinese thing with the the World Trade Organization, was it the World Trade, WTO? That's right, the World Trade Organization. Now, didn't you tell me uh, that, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, that apparently the U.S. lost a case? That's right, that's what that's the story. The Antigua I'm, thing? That's the story I'm going to. So um, this is directly related to them going to the WTO to try to get some sort of, sanction, some sort of uh, case against China. Yeah, the story is from Forbes. Uh, The headline reads, Obama's case against China. The U.S. has a World Trade Organization credibility gap. The Chinese have two good reasons to scoff dismissively at the Obama administration's trade case filed yesterday at the The World Trade Organization. Yep. Which accuses them of unfairly subsidizing auto and auto parts exports. The case specifically targets $1 billion in subsidies during 2009-2011, mainly of exports to developing countries where the automobiles are assembled and purportedly compete with cars manufactured stateside. The U.S. is also about to take further legal action in an ongoing WTO case against China that involves anti-dumping duties levied last year against American car exports to China. China has filed its own counter-complaint with the WTO over anti-dumping duties that Washington had levied on $7 billion-plus in various Chinese goods. The first reason for the Chinese to balk is fairly obvious. 
President Obama is announcing the initiative amid the heat of the election, and he's doing so in Battleground, Ohio. It's a fair guess the Chinese will try to derail his initiative by highlighting the blatantly ulterior motives at play. The second reason is even more important because it potentially compromises any case the U.S. might bring before the World Trade Organization. It involves an ongoing dispute dating back to the early part of this century between the government of Antigua and Barbuda and the government of the United States. At issue is the total prohibition by the U.S. of cross-border gambling services provided via the Internet. Hmm. Antigua has challenged that prohibition. It seems a relatively narrow issue, but there's a catch. The WTO ruled on the matter and came heavily down on the side of Antigua, which is the smallest WTO member to have ever opposed, much less prevailed against, the organization's largest member in such a proceeding. Against the U.S. So let me see if I'm understanding you. You're saying that Antigua, or Antigua, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I looked up the pronunciation, and according to the first thing I saw, it was Antigua. Antigua. So according to Antigua, the people there, the government there, they're saying, hey, we should be able to do uh, cross-border gambling online or wherever and you should have no business telling us that we can't. Um, yeah, I don't know the details, but the the servers, we're hosting the servers. It's, yep. it's legal here. Um, it's not legal here in the U.S. Right, but but right. Uh, speaking as the Antiguans. Antigua. Yeah, it's legal here. Um, you can't... Um, and the U.S. tried to put a crackdown on them, and the World Trade Organization ruled in favor of Antigua. Uh, exactly. Got it. Exactly. And uh, they um, they... The WTO charged the U.S. to lift its restriction and to pay a penalty of $20 million. The U.S. refused to pay, did not lift the restriction, and the penalty has been going up over the years, and it now amounts to about $120 million. So basically, they are currently in a state where they owe, there's an open case that they have yet to settle, and they're trying to bring fresh cases in the WTO. That's right. They're not. They're they're picking and choosing which decisions uh, made by the WTO they're going to abide by. Eight five five four fifty free. SACL CAI toll free line. Pot and parenting on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one: share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two: buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three: give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind here. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether it is the automotive uh, shenanigans of the government purchasing General Motors and now refusing to sell its shares, or because they claim it's going to be a million dollar, multi-billion dollar loss if they sell the shares. guess that whole uh, investing in the auto industry thing uh, didn't work out for them too well. And that's on the table, plus China as well, and uh, some international conflict between them and the U.S. on a more economic uh, level. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, this show is also brought to you by BitInstant.com. Now, I was actually, just by coincidence, uh, Johnny Ray was on uh, BitInstant.com right before the show because... 
They're above $12 right now, uh-huh. the, the Bitcoin is. And uh, for those that don't know what Bitcoin is, you can go to weusecoins.org to learn more about it. But uh, you know, what are some of the, the features about Bitcoin, Johnny Ray, that uh, have attracted you? Because you're, you're a recent purchaser of bitcoin not just a one-time purchaser you're doing something that i think is pretty smart and i you know i think that it's a great uh, suggestion for folks who are really interested in the idea of bitcoin and that is you're putting in 10 percent of your paycheck into bitcoin oh uh, that's right um weekly when my when my check comes in i um i take 10 percent of it and i buy uh, that amount of bitcoins that kind of discipline i think is really interesting because the way I've been buying bitcoins uh, up until this point is to you know look at the price and try to get the you know hope I'm going to get the lowest price and wait and maybe I'll get a lower price if I wait but oh no it went up and this kind of uh, you know this unending process of indecision about when to uh, to actually buy the bitcoins. You're analysis, just on this analysis system. analysis paralysis. Yeah, that, that there's a term for it. Um, yeah, in um, I think it's called dollar cost averaging. And um, just what I'm doing, taking uh, or actually dollar cost averaging may be taking a fixed amount of money, a fixed amount of dollars, I should say, mm-hmm. and um, and buying whatever you're buying um, at a regular interval. But right. not um, being concerned about the price of it, just knowing that you value it and want to ultimately have more so that the average is lower. <laughs> Yeah, the strengths and weaknesses of dollar cost averaging are are out of my ken. I'm afraid. I see. Um, but- I just respect the discipline of it. I think that that's uh, that's something worth emulating for those that are interested in in bitcoins, rather than you know holding off or waiting uh, to get the right time. I mean, if something drops real low, you can always go and buy more, right? Like if if you know all of a sudden there was a dip, uh, you could spend some savings on that and get some extra if you wanted to but uh, that 10 percent is a great idea it's something my dad taught me a long time ago and um, unfortunately i very rarely take my dad's advice Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately for me unfortunately for me but um but my dad told me that you should always pay yourself first Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a time in my life when i'm not able to there's probably going to be a time in my life where I'm not able to earn an income or, you know, I don't want to. I want to retire and sure. enjoy uh, my life. So It'd be pretty you, cool if you could retire on Bitcoin. <laughs> it sure would. But um, but you can't. That that will never happen. I will never be able to retire if I don't uh, do something now. So you've been going to bitinstant.com to purchase your bit, Bitcoins. And in what way have you uh, chosen? Because there's different ways you can do it. You can go to like a local store, like a Walmart or a CVS. That's, or you do it online? No, I always um, what I've done up to now is um, get them at MoneyGram kiosks. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to uh, BitInstant and um, I, I I say I want to buy a certain dollar amount of bitcoins and tell them that I'm buying them at um, at CVS and they'll they'll point me to the nearest one and then uh, they they print me up a payment slip. I take the payment slip over to CVS. Um, I pick up the red phone and I talk to the uh, wonderful uh, Indian man or woman on the right. other end of it, and uh, <laughs> they help very me nice. through. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then I go up to the counter and I give the lady the money, and then just like you guys have said so many times, by the time I get home, the bitcoins are in my wallet. Pretty cool. Eight five five four fifty four. You can do that over at bitinstant dot com. Our number here tonight one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Let's go to the phones and talk to David. Listening in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, David. Hey, Ian. Hey. Um, I actually wanted to talk about Bitcoin myself. 
Please. Um, unfortunately, not a not a good thing about Bitcoin, but uh, oh, no. the listeners here might be interested. Yeah, that's good. Knowledge is power. Tell me about it. What's going on? All right. So um, aside from BitInstant, you can also do something called mining Bitcoin uh, to, to, I guess, get them. And um, in the, the world of mining Bitcoins, there are a couple companies that make specialized hardware to do that. Right. Uh, one of yeah, one of them is known as Butterfly Labs, um, and and they've recently come out with or are going to come out with a new product, which is supposed to mine bitcoins much faster than what's currently out there. Uh, although recently, the owner of Butterfly Labs has come into question as to the identity and uh, who this person actually is. Okay. And I came across some information which I thought might be uh, interesting and possibly dissuade people from putting their money into uh, the pre-orders that Butterfly Labs has set up. Okay, so just to clarify something, the Butterfly Labs is a, a equipment provider for mining Bitcoins. And in order to mine Bitcoins, you have to uh, basically crank out your processor on your computer or have graphics cards and then use their processors. Uh, because essentially what you're doing is searching for prime numbers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's some sort of math that's going on. Am I right thus far? Yeah. There's also the specialized hardware I'm talking about is currently FPGA, which is Field Programmable Grid Array. And there's the newer stuff that isn't out yet is called ASIC. But, you know, yeah, okay, but right. are these computers, uh, basically, that are just dedicated to mining? Is that the, their purpose? Uh, yeah, they're basically small computers or, or processors. They mm-hmm. attach to a normal computer via USB. Got it. And so this Butterfly Labs, have they already manufactured product and shipped it, and this is a new uh, product that's coming out? Or are you talking about that these guys have only been you know, planning to release something and accepting money in, uh, in expectation of a release of, of some hardware that they've never actually released thus far? Yeah, so Butterfly Labs actually does make hardware uh, and has been shipping it for a long time. I, see. Well, I guess a long time in the Bitcoin world is a couple months um, based on FPGA. So they they do have actual products, but um, so I guess what I'm con- concerned about. So what I'm confused about then, so they have a track record of putting product out there that people are using and presumably are having success with mining and are able to keep the bitcoins they mine. Now there's some sort of question mm-hmm. about this, uh, the head of the company and his identity, and that's somehow throwing everybody into or some people into a level of concern. Yeah, well, they've been uh, taking pre-orders for a new line of hardware, which will supposedly uh, increase the speed by a factor of 10 or maybe more than that. I I don't know off the top of my head. In the future, um, it's supposed to be released starting shipping in October, but they haven't released any hard specifications or shown any photos of it. So the concern is that they're going to take the money and run. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, well, I mean, um, uh, buyer beware, right? I appreciate you uh, you bringing that up. And obviously what you're talking about, for those that are uh, you know unfamiliar or new to the ideas of Bitcoin, what you're talking about is a business that has been set up that is utilizing Bitcoin, that is built regarding Bitcoin, but is not. Uh, this is not like the official Bitcoin website or anything like that. This has no reflection on whether or not Bitcoin is, is or is not a, a good currency, right? I mean, you, you, that's... 
that's something that needs to be clarified for folks. This is a company yeah, that is doing no, business with Bitcoin, uh, with Bitcoins, which are a decentralized currency. Yeah, it, it, it's nothing about Bitcoin itself. It's just this one uh, company. And I do have, I did find the name of the person who registered the uh, company itself and did a little Google searching for him and uh, came up with some disturbing results, I guess, uh, which I could share if you, if you have time. Sure, go ahead. All right, so uh, Butterfly Labs is actually registered in Wyoming, even though the actual company is in Kansas City, Missouri, I believe. Okay. Um, the name on the registration is a person named Chris, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Vliesides, V-L-E-I-S-I-D-E-S. Um, if you Google his name, you'll find he's actually a photographer, which is kind of strange. But there's a person with a similar name, uh, Sonny Chris Vliesides, who also lives in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Sonny, I found, was actually currently on probation. He was arrested uh, back in 2007 for being involved in a, um, a Ponzi scheme. Oh, boy. Yeah, that and doesn't sound good. So, yeah, buyer beware on this uh, Butterfly Labs thing. I would suggest an escrow if somebody really wants to get their equipment or just be patient and wait till it actually comes out. More coming up. Thanks for the call, man. Free Talk Live. Yep. Hour two's yep. next. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there, and you can actually control the content of the site as well. So whatever it is that uh, you see online that you want to share with our listeners, you can just submit it as show prep. It'll then appear on the upcoming stories page of our website, and it's on that page where they must receive a certain number of votes in order to be promoted to the front page of the site. So when you're going to freetalklive.com on a regular basis, let's say every day or so, uh, you click Upcoming Stories and you'll see whatever's fresh. So whatever has been submitted over the last 24, 48 hours or so, it's going to be there on the Upcoming Stories page. You vote it up, you vote it down, 
whether you like or dislike, and the most voted up will make it to the front page. So we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air, and others who are visiting our site will as well. So go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. And joining you this evening, it's Ian here. Johnny Ray. All right. Uh, Jumping into, in a moment, uh, the story about the parents and pot, parenting and pot. But, Johnny Ray, there was more to the China kind of situation that you wanted to comment upon for our listeners just tuning in. Uh, As I understand it, what you told us in the last hour was that the United States is going after China at the World Trade Organization, attempting to get them to stop what is their 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 allegation is that China is subsidizing uh, Chinese car manufacturers and car parts manufacturers, right? Um, and they want them to stop or pay up or something like that. But at the same time, the United States has been found uh, has been ruled against in a different case uh, at the WTO with Antigua in a, in a gambling operations case, and they owe millions of dollars, like a hundred million dollars, to Antigua, and they haven't paid. So it would seem to me that if we had what we want, which is like a free market injustice where you can choose an arbitrator and everything's done on a consensual basis, uh, if that were the case and I owed money in an arbitration case, if I had submitted a case to arbitration, it had come out against me. And in the arbitration agreement, I had agreed that, you know, I'll do whatever the arbitrator decides because that's what you're going to do in order to take a case to arbitration. You have to agree to the terms. And if the arbitrator rules against me and I don't follow through, I don't make the payment, I shouldn't have any standing to bring any claims against anybody. No, and in fact, um, the longer that you continue to perform actions like that and lower your own credibility, you'll make it impossible for yourself to do business. Right. Because people only really want to do business with reliable folks who you can count on. Right. So uh, what were your further comments on this uh, China-U.S. conflict? Some libertarian economic dogma. Your leaders, by prosecuting the Chinese and the World Trade Organization, your democracy is forcing you to link arms with racists, with racist economic idiots. Tell me more about that. Trade wars are nothing new. Uh, that's what governments do. Mm-hmm. Mercantilism. They, well, they control borders and they lock down products that uh, they deem to be inappropriate because they're protecting the uh, the people that are doing business here, right? That's right. That's right. Or in some cases, they're hurting the people doing business here. That's right. In fact, Mitt Romney accused Obama of being a protectionist when he... I don't remember what it was. It was a similar story to this one. Um, Obama was attacking the Chinese for for dumping. I think I see. for 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 producing cheap goods and dumping them in the U.S. Right. Um, As though they're just dumping. You mean selling? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, why would China just make a uh, you know a boatload of uh, rubber ducks and then uh, dump them in a harbor somewhere? You know, they, they're selling these batches of products, and that's what they don't like. They're selling them to people the who are does. who are buying them voluntarily, and the government, uh, the U.S. government, thinks that you're too stupid to to make your own decisions about what to buy. Well, not only that, but uh, they also, you know, it's, they're protecting some of their buddies, right? So there's certain people with political capital who know the right people, who've greased the right palms, who are getting uh, these regulations written to their benefit. 
And there are other people. So, for instance, you know, the rubber duck manufacturers of the United States would be very happy if the rubber ducks from China were to be prohibited uh, from coming in and or had a tremendously large tariff placed upon them. That would benefit the rubber duck manufacturers in the U.S. Exactly. But it, it hurts the consumer and it hurts the uh, the distributors as well because a distributor – they don't care where the rubber duck came from. They just want to have rubber ducks at the cheapest possible price so they can sell them to children or whoever would be that, that is buying that product. And so, therefore, if they can get them at the cheapest price from China, their customers benefit. And their customers benefit because they have more money in their pocket at the end of the, the, the spending. At the end of the buying the shopping trip, the customer that can pay less has more to spend on other things or to save and, or to give away or to give to charity. Uh, That's right. And it's currently politically popular to want to have policies in Washington that benefit American workers and and create jobs for American workers. I mean, right, that's that's the claim on the front uh, the front end of the politics, but ultimately it hurts the American worker because it makes their dollar less valuable. If you can buy more products with a, with one dollar, then that makes you uh, have a higher standard of living. That's right. Trade wars do not help consumers; they don't help American workers. Walter Williams is one of my um, favorite journalists, and he had a great analogy where you imagine the U.S. and the China and China mm-hmm. are in a, a boat on the ocean uh, together, and the U.S. <clears throat> or China, say, uh, creates tariff mm-hmm. on U.S. goods. And basically what they're doing is they're pulling out, a, in the analogy, they're taking a gun and they're shooting a hole in in the U.S. side of the boat. Okay. Um, it doesn't help either party. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe the 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 U.S.'s head will go under first. So, in response, what the uh, the U.S. does is they pull out a gun and they shoot a hole in the Chinese side of the boat. Mm-hmm. So these trade wars don't help anybody. They if 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 Obama is w- would be successful in his case in the World Trade Organization to prevent the Chinese from from subsidizing their auto industry I'm mixing things up a little bit because I don't think government subsidies are good but right. if they're if if they were able to impair the China's ability to create goods at low cost they're not helping you because they're just preventing you from, from getting, getting those your, goods. your auto parts at at, at lower costs. Right. If you can get a good auto parts from Chinese manufacturers, and I don't know how good they are. I imagine, I imagine there's a range. Uh, China, China has be- become a lot better over the last three decades at creating quality products. Uh, I've purchased some Chinese goods recently in the electronics field that uh, were pretty decent. And uh, Chinese uh, got a two-way radio, for instance, for like 40 bucks straight from China that has all the features of a $300 U.S. Uh, manufacturer. So they've gotten a lot better at creating a good quality product and putting it out there. That doesn't mean there still isn't some crap. But again, it's back to buyer beware, as we were discussing last hour uh, on the Bitcoin side of things. If you want to make sure that you can vet a company and vet the the quality of their products before you buy them and you're willing to pay more for uh, such a vetted product, then you should do that. 
Yeah, and if, if you, you want to prevent... throw caution to the wind and get a cheapy uh, product from overseas or wherever, uh, you know, you throw caution to the wind. And if the U.S. government prevents you from considering other cheaper products or other more expensive products, all yeah. they're doing is they're impairing your ability to discern between good and bad, and they're impairing your ability to make judgments. They're taking away a decision that could strengthen your mind. Sure, and strengthen the marketplace as well because more choices is always a good thing. Uh, I understand that having too many choices can be overwhelming. Uh, on the other hand, generally we have the tools today to narrow those choices down You know, based on the simplicity of a Google search, uh, for instance. Um, so what I was saying earlier about linking arms with economically ignorant racists – is that by supporting tariffs and such by supporting tariffs and by believing in the state's power to to steer the economy Mm -hmm. the policies trade war style policies are motivated in large measure by racism uh, by the white man's fight versus the yellow man in this case and it's economically damaging it doesn't help it's an old idea it's a bad idea and uh, you're right everybody loses except for the politicians and democracy condemns you to join forces with these uh these ignorant masses so you're forced to pay for it 855-450-FREE the SACL CAI toll-free line you bring up what you want your thoughts are welcome free talk live are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you do you want to advance capitalism peace and freedom but aren't sure how I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host happy hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Again, freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian here. And Johnny Ray. And you can join us again on the phones, 855-450-FREE, as we continue here talk on the way about parenting and marijuana uh, of course, we'll take your calls about anything that's the point of the program, but also want to let you know about the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other people that think like you, people who not only think like you, but are also willing to do something about it, put something on the line, spend a little bit of time or effort or money on doing activism to spread the ideas of liberty and uh, make it so that we can actually have a shot at freedom in our lifetime. That's the reason, Johnny Ray, you and I are here in New Hampshire, as well as uh, over a thousand other people now as part of the Free State Project. That's right. There's a there's a malaise gripping the country and, a, and the kind of creepy collectivism I was talking about earlier. And it will destroy us all, but you can do something about it. You can, uh, but you have to be willing to actually take action and go to freestateproject.org is your first action you take and uh, do the research necessary to learn more about the Free State Project, what it stands for, uh, get the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire, 
And uh, it's a very persuasive document. I highly recommend you take a look at it. It's over at freestateproject.org. So our number here again, 855-450-FREE. We've been kind of talking about international uh, issues here tonight, and uh, specifically China. It's a pretty big place, pretty influential, lots of products coming out of there. We were just discussing the uh, the trade wars, as you called them, and I think that's uh, it's, it's an appropriate term. There's no bullets that go flying, but silly regulations and restrictive and destructive uh, regulations are all over the place. There's no shortage of that. And uh, as, as you also pointed out, it just hurts absolutely everybody. There are people who believe they benefit from the uh, from trade imbalance, though, and, and trade restrictions and tariffs. Certain people believe they benefit, uh, but what they're not seeing is the larger picture. So if, if you were running a company that had some kind of product that you're manufacturing in the U.S., let's go back to the rubber ducks, for, uh, for example. So if you're manufacturing rubber ducks and there's a new trade rule that comes into play saying that no imported rubber ducks should be allowed in the country without paying a $100 per duck uh, royalty fee on top of it, basically making it so you have no outside of, of the U.S. competition. You may look at that and say to yourself that that is benefiting you, that uh, that you as the rubber duck manufacturer are benefiting directly from that in that you can charge $25 for your rubber duck and uh, nobody can really compete with it because everybody else in the country that's manufacturing them, the one or two other manufacturers, are also charging quite a bit of money. There's nobody on the outside of the U.S. that can compete. So I can understand why some people would support trade restrictions from that perspective, but they're not looking at it from the wider perspective of that, well, there are all these other rules out there that affect you in various different ways, ways in which you are unaware. The end consumer has no idea how much uh, regulation and how many you know hoops the companies that have brought them products and services that they had to jump through to get that product to their front door. They have no way to calculate that. But as you pointed out, the more regulations there are, the more taxes, tariffs there are, the higher prices are, and therefore the less each person has to spend on their own you know, well-being. The less they have total, uh, the lower the quality of life. So while the business owner may say that it's, uh, the tariff is benefiting him, he's not looking at it from, a, from the right perspective. Agreed. If you're a rubber duck manufacturer and, and rubber duck manufacturing is your, your life's dream and you love it, and someone somewhere else is doing it for cheaper and the people are buying it, you shouldn't go run crying to the World Trade Organization and hide behind their skirts. Mm -hmm. You need to change the way you do business or study them and figure out what they're doing better than you are. Copy them or... Or improve on what they're doing. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, people have suggested, well, why don't you do XYZ action against somebody else? Uh, and I would never want to do anything uh, like so. So, for instance, if somebody took Free Talk Live's archives and sold them or something like that. Right. I would never want to take my time, which is really limited, away from what I love to do, which is radio and activism, and spend it on, you know, filing a court case against somebody else and you know suing them it just it seems like the last thing i want to do with my time yeah and what you're doing and you're creating content every day you're you're you give the content away for free and you're required to create something new and um and i would say better every day and it's better for all of us you're not you didn't create some magic 10 episodes that you're going to sit on and just litigate forever <laughs> I, I I read um I, I feel like I read somewhere that Thomas Edison basically wasted 
the 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 last part of his life pursuing patent um, lawsuits. Really, that's disappointing. Uh huh. Let's go to the phones. Gene's on the line, listening in Maine. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. The Inn and Johnny Ray. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Gene. What's Good on evening. your mind? Uh, you know, I'm wondering. Uh, the art- I don't know if it was an article you read or, or a news story or something. Did was the United States? Did they actually present any evidence to support the claim that the government is actually subsidizing these auto manufacturers, these auto part manufacturers? Um, I I think they must have, Gene. Um, I don't know what it was, but I don't think that they would have taken the case to it without bringing some evidence. Uh, the only reason why I ask is because I mean I'm sure you're uh, you're familiar with James Bovard. James Bovard, yeah, is he still around? Didn't he uh, pass on, or am I thinking of someone else? Oh no, no, no. In fact, I'm gonna go visit him. Uh, Early next month. No, he's still he's still around. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking written, of someone else. Apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, he hasn't written anything in a while, but no, a couple. No, well, I mean, a while ago, he wrote a book called The Fair Trade Fraud, and he present he was bent, present cases that the United States brought against countries concerning these types of issues, and some of the some of the evidence, some of the uh, reasoning behind it is, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, for example, they were using such things as. You know the currency depreciating or the currency fluctuating to prove it. I mean, it's just absolutely idiotic. And besides that, like you were saying before, if you know China presents their case and shows that what we did with government motors—I like that term, by the way—I mean, if I was sitting on that WTO, I take the complaints, I make a paper airplane out of it, fly it out the window. Right. U.S. Trade Representative Ron Kirk said in a statement announcing the WTO challenge that Chinese auto and auto parts exporters in government-designated export bases received at least $1 billion in subsidies from 2009 to 2011. So that's their statement. I don't know what their evidence is. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, let's let's take worst-case scenario. Let's say if they did do that. You know what? That would be an issue for the Chinese people to bring a case against their own government doing this. Not us. We benefit from that because, like you said, if they're able to sell their price, their product at a lower price, that gives us more money in our pockets so that we can go spend it elsewhere and generate further economic activity. Absolutely. And maybe, uh, maybe you wouldn't spend it. Maybe you'd save it and eventually open up your own business and add Absolutely. your own product or service to the marketplace. Gene, thanks for the call and the thoughts. I appreciate it tonight. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. We've got some more international news about NATO, uh, but also on the way, parenting and marijuana. We'll tell you about that as well. 1-855-450-3733. One man says pot makes him a better parent. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. You 
can take control of these airwaves. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, and that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And those features on the site include listening options. You've got uh, different ways to get tuned into the show. Obviously, there's online streaming, which is completely free. You can go and listen to our broadband, mid-band, or narrow band streams around the clock, 24-7. You can get the latest episode of Free Talk Live in your ears uh, over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, learn about our over 110 radio stations on AM and FM across the country that air the show at various different times throughout the week. In addition to that, we're on XM Satellite Radio seven nights per week. The webcam, also, you can find us there. And the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance at listen.freetalklive.com. So 855-450-FREE is the number here. Johnny Ray, was there more that you wanted to share, uh, further thoughts on the uh, China-U.S. situation or trade imbalances, that the, the idea of trade imbalances? Yeah, that kind of leads me to a question, actually. Uh, see how you feel about this. The common objection to getting rid of uh, trade regulations and restrictions and tariffs is that there's an imbalance, uh, is that the, uh, the, the U.S. gets more from other countries than they get from the U.S., and so therefore there needs to be some kind of uh, restrictions. Yeah, I've got two things to say about that. Uh, number one, I think that has a lot to do with imaginary lines drawn on a map that don't really – comport with reality but are just political designations and number two i would say consider the trade deficit that you have with your grocery store is the relationship you have with your grocery store a destructive one it isn't for me it's very beneficial (laughs) but the trade deficit is huge they don't buy jack from me and i buy all sorts of things from them but it's still a, a valuable relationship because you entered it voluntarily that's right. And we are making an exchange. I'm getting something from them. I'm getting food. They're getting dollars. You know, I, to back to your first point, though, and it's all, the first point's also a good one in that, uh, that if we're here in New Hampshire and somebody is manufacturing uh, you know, the rubber ducks in Montreal and it's cheaper for them to, you know, if there, if there weren't a border there, it would be cheaper for them to ship those rubber ducks to us from Montreal. Right. We have to get them from California. Because across the border, there might be some sort of rubber duck tariff or customs is going to hold up the shipment or, you know, who knows what's going to happen when you're trying to buy from another country, whereas it's no problem to order them from California, put them in the back of an 18-wheeler and ship them out there. So it makes more economic sense sometimes to buy closer to home, but sometimes closer to home means another country. And that puts people into a situation where they end up not choosing the closer option, which means they're going with the less economically sound choice of, you know, having to spend whatever extra gasoline it takes to ship that product from somewhere else. Well done. Excellent show, as always, Mr. Freeman. Well, it's all thanks to you, Johnny Ray. 855-450-FREE. And you and your calls, if you make them, you can bring up anything you want. Mark Wolf over the opinion pages of the New York Times, writes about cannabis and parenting says that the youngest of my three daughters was born around the same time I became a card-carrying medical cannabis patient. Even though I was only 44, and by the way, he's in San Francisco. I've been suffering from occasional back pain. I also suffered bouts of stress compounded by anxiety. Causes were unknown, and there seemed to be a correlation with work deadlines and flying coach with three children under the age of five. Sometimes it got so bad I had trouble falling asleep at night. 
leaving me groggy and irritable. So in 2010, I resolved to seek medical help, and I received through a physical examin excuse me, I received a thorough physical examination from my Canamed doctor, who checked not only my pulse but my blood pressure as well. Examining the results, he concluded that I would benefit enormously from a cannabis-based treatment regime and recommended that I use a brownie-based form of the drug to avoid the lung irritation associated with other modes of dose administration. You ever had uh, pop brownies before? No. Really? No, I, I'd love to have I, some. I have, and I've had pot cookies as well, and it is an interesting way to uh, to take cannabis because it's a longer-acting kind of way of doing it in that it takes longer to take effect, uh, and the effects themselves are different because you're really absorbing all of it, uh, whereas or a significantly larger amount of it, as opposed to when you're combusting the material, you're losing a lot of the, the you know the, the chemicals that uh, are the active ingredient, the THC. You're losing a lot of that in the uh, the combustion process. So it's a it's a different uh, experience. Anyway, he goes on to say that uh, he soon had in his possession a shiny state-sanctioned medical marijuana ID card. And again, this first person here says, gaining me free access to the city's expanding array of quasi-legal cannabis dispensaries. After two years of treatment, I can state unequivocally that I feel much better about pretty much everything. Sure, my back still hurts, but I'm cool with it. But the best part is an amazing off-label benefit I call parental attention surplus syndrome. Before beginning treatment, I was dutiful, if not particularly, I was a dutiful, if not particularly, enthusiastic father. Workday parental obligations were a necessary, unfortunate chore. I was so stressed out by the end of the day that bedtime, with its interminable pleas for more stories, songs, sips of water, and potty breaks, felt like a labor to be endured and dispatched as quickly as possible. Here's what a typical weekday evening exchange between me and my oldest daughter once looked like. Daddy... Can you show me how to make a cue? Father, slipping bur- uh, sipping bourbon and a soda, not looking up from iPad. Just make a circle and put a little squiggle at the bottom. No, show me. Sweetie, not now, okay? Daddy's tired. Well, nowadays, it's different. Daddy, can you show me how to make a cue? Getting down on the floor. Here, I'll hold your hand while you hold the pen, and we'll make one together. There, we made a cue. Isn't it fantastic? Thanks, Daddy. Don't you just love the shape of this pen? It's the same with my middle child. (laughs) Before, can I watch a video? Father, of course. Child, after, can I watch a video? Why don't we read a story and then pretend we're in our own video? Go pick out a book and I'll go and get the finger puppets. I swear I'm a more loving, attentive, and patient father when I take my medication as prescribed. Perhaps this isn't surprising. As anyone who inhaled during college can attest, cannabis enhances the ability to perceive beauty complexity, and novelty in otherwise mundane things. Grout patterns in your bathroom floor, the Grateful Dead, Doritos, while simultaneously locking you into a prolonged state of rapt attention. You not only notice the subtle color variations in your cat's fur, you stare at them in loving awe for 20 solid minutes. I'd say he's smoking some really good cannabis. Uh, I submit that this can be enormously salutary to the parent-toddler relationship. Beyond food, shelter, and clothing, what do small children need most from their parents? Sustain, loving, participatory attention. Thank you, doctor. No doubt some of you are tut-tutting that I should use medication or yoga or Zen mindfulness to achieve this. Point taken. And if I had a full-time staff of cooks and nannies, I'm sure I'd give all that a whirl. But the reality is that my wife and I are raising multiple tots on modest incomes in a small space in a very expensive city. 
No time for Tantra. And I'm not suggesting that all stressed out fathers should just get baked. You might even get a ticket for it in some states. And let's not forget the health risks, which are rumored to possibly exist. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that even a small amount of marijuana can impair short-term memory function, and it might also affect short-term memory function. (laughs) But for me, at least the benefits clearly outweigh the risks. I find the time I spend with my children to be qualitatively different and simply more fun when I take my medicine. Always in private, never in front of them, and never too much. I'm able to become a kid again. Of course, if you're eating a cookie, uh, they're not going to know what it is. They'll just want one. So I guess it makes sense to uh, eat that in private. I'm able to become a kid again to see things through my daughter's eyes and experience, if I'm lucky, the wonder of each new game, each new object and sound, as they do. Deeply embedded voices of authority in my head still do caution that I may be hurting my kids in ways I can't see. But I just can't imagine how it could possibly be worse for them than the consequences of their father's former stress-fueled frustration and withdrawal. When I'm rolling around the floor with my giggling daughters, clicking into an easy dynamic of goofy happiness and love, I feel it's just what the doctor ordered. I'm really glad you brought up this story because I came in today um, hoping to ask you if I could get baked before the show. (laughs) Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind here. And your thoughts on cannabis and parenting are certainly welcome. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we will share with you there. Uh, We give them away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, invite you to become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in a few bucks a month. We take that money in, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations with the money, and uh, expand out to bring new internet listeners on board with the show. Uh, So once again, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll also get access to special perks that only the amps get, like uh, the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only podcast forum, and more. Get the details, get signed up, any major credit card through PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on our website amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we've been talking about, uh, we went from international uh, news to something really, really personal, really, really local, and that is uh, your family. Parenting. Parenting. And not that you or I are parents, uh, Johnny Ray, but we were children at one time and therefore had parents. Uh, and I think this is an interesting story about this guy who's uh, he's writing an article over at uh, I think it was the New York Times. Here, let me pull that back up again. But a gentleman writing an article about his experience as a parent using cannabis and essentially saying, yeah, it was the New York Times, essentially saying that uh, cannabis helps him be a better parent. It makes him more uh, understanding, tolerant, uh, makes him more likely to get involved with you know, his, uh, his children rather than just blowing them off. And I think this is a fascinating uh, personal example 
of you know a real benefit one of the myriad of benefits that this drug which some would call a miracle plant is bringing to people's lives Smoking cannabis, I can totally imagine how this could help you connect with your children because it makes things in the world that were pedestrian and commonplace to you Mm -hmm. and you're jaded to the world. After you smoke cannabis, these things can become new and fresh and you realize what a beautiful world we live in. Johnny Ray, are you advocating the use of uh, illegal drugs? Yes, I am. Well, you know, yeah, I think you, you kind of have to be a little bit careful when you get into that area because, you know, the the initial objection is going to be, well, what about the children? I mean, you don't think that a 12-year-old should be smoking pot. I don't claim to be able to represent a 12-year-old and make their decisions for them. What would you do? I mean, if you were— I uh, would advise a 12-year-old not to smoke pot. Why? If it's so uh, great, uh, it makes the world uh, fresh again, uh, why, you know, why not? Well, for one thing, when you're, as Mark says, when you're inhaling burning vegetation, that's not good for your lungs. Now, if he was vaping it, then I would have to dig a little deeper to come up with a reason why he shouldn't be smoking pot. Vaping as in using a vaporizer? Right. My dad would give me, uh, I I could get away with picking up his beer at the dinner table or his glass of wine and drinking it. And I was younger than 12, I'm sure, when I did that for the first time. I always thought that was a really good parenting policy. My parents didn't raise me that way, but then again, they didn't really drink hardly ever. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I always thought that was a, you know, that's kind of an open-minded way of parenting, uh, a method that is going to allow your offspring to experiment with uh, the, you know, the use of alcohol in a safe place that can be used to encourage safe practices uh, with this. Whereas if you've got a parents, uh, you know, you've got a household where the parents are restrictive and they say, don't you ever touch that, then that's inevitably going to result in a lot of cases in, you know, a teenager going out, uh, you know, when that eight-year-old becomes a teenager, getting the opportunity to come across alcohol and then perhaps use it in a very dangerous and abusive manner. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's the tactic, if you will, or the strategy of, Raising young people around uh, some of these common, commonly used drugs in an open-minded fashion, I think that can result in a much, well, I guess, more, much better adjusted uh, young person. I remember it, in the Marine Corps they used to say that you should train the way you fight, and the how that relates to parenting is you shouldn't try and shield your children from the real world and what they're going to have to deal with when you're not there taking care of them. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that young people use uh, cannabis. Like, like I didn't do uh, harder drugs than that until my 20s, and I'm glad I didn't. Like, I wouldn't have been ready for it uh, earlier on in, in life. And, you know, that's not to say that there can't be somebody who has been raised by, you know, a pair of open-minded parents who's open, you know, enough to the idea of having a young person sample something like that. I wouldn't come down on someone who felt that it was right for their family. Uh, But I I don't think I would recommend it across the board. You know what I mean? I wouldn't just say, hey, kids, go out and and do this. I I I don't think that's responsible because I don't think most young people are responsible enough to, you know, to make choices like that for themselves yet i want them to be like i want young people to live in a world where they're allowed to advance as fast as they want 
when they're not held back by arbitrary age restrictions, uh, you know, oh, well, you can't uh, go into business for yourself, and you can't get, you know, financial, you can't get a credit card, you can't go into a movie, you know, you can't do these things. But if the young person thinks that they can and is willing to go out there and do that and their parents support them on it, whose business is it? Whose business is it whether or not uh, those young people are able to do those things? Yeah, if you go out and make poor decisions, it, well, first of all, it's it's there. It's only it's not any of their business. It's the business of the individual who is doing some who is doing their own thing and doing what they want to do. But when they go out and they make poor decisions and they fall flat on their face, that's how you learn. Unfortunately, every I've time. had to learn everything the hard way yeah, because I never too. listen to people giving me good <laughs> advice. Story of my life, too, Johnny Ray. Let's go to Mike. He's listening in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hi. I'm very sorry, guys. I just tuned in, and I had something completely off the subject you were talking about, if that's okay. That is okay. You don't have to apologize. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, so go ahead. Okay. The other day, uh, yesterday it was, I listened to the economist and financial advisor named Max Kaiser talk up uh, Bitcoin. He said that, quote, it's going to be the currency of the rebellion. And uh, he, he really said that there are good things in store for Bitcoin. Now, this is what I've been thinking about. Um, when we're talking about things like gold, it's at a price now where most working people like myself can't afford to buy any of it. Is there, is, is there going to be a point that it's too late to get involved with Bitcoin? I mean, if Bitcoins were just a few cents when it first came out, and now they're worth $11 for one Bitcoin or whatever the amount is, I mean, how how... What, what's it going to do for me if I can only buy 10 or 12 Bitcoins? Do you, you see what I'm saying? Is there going to be a point where, like, gold is unattainable for most people yeah. today? Bitcoins are, are divisible, very, very div- divisible to 10-plus decimal places. Yeah. So you can buy a a ten-thousandth of a Bitcoin or a one-millionth of a Bitcoin if you want to. Right, yeah, there's, there's no restrictions on that at all. In fact, uh, if you were to go out today and buy those Bitcoins at now current price $12.26 in U.S. dollars, uh, if you were to go out and buy some Bitcoins today and they become $120, then uh, you know, you've done pretty well there uh, for yourself and uh, you'll be able to sell those Bitcoins at, you know, like you said, you know, 0.5 or 0.25 or 0.05 or whatever amounts you want to. Yeah, that's, that's, I think I'd like to get involved with that, even though I won't be able to get a big wallet going. I, I mean, even a few would be, seems like it would be a good investment knowing that it goes up every day. I mean, every time you guys well, talk about Bitcoin, it's gone up. It doesn't go up every day, right? Because it has been as high as $30. There was a, a spike a long time ago, sometime early this year, I think it was, or, or late last year, there was a spike. And it went, it shot up, and then it came and crashed back down to like $2. Uh, it's been going up ever since then, however, for the most part, with minor fluctuations. When Bernanke announced QE3 last Friday, I think... I was expecting a Bitcoin explode, an explosion in the in the price of bitcoins in dollars, but um, it it the, it's gone the, up twenty five percent since the last time I bought some, which was only uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, uh, the explosion that I was expecting didn't happen, but the rally that was happening at the time has continued. Yeah, you said you've gained thirty percent on yours. That's right. Anyway, Mike, yeah, any other thoughts? 
no, I, uh, nothing else. There's definitely something to the Bitcoin, though. I know that. I'm, I can't wait to see what happens six months from now. Yep, it's exciting to watch, and uh, and you know, it's good to know. It's better to know about it now than it probably will be to uh, to find out when it's a hundred a hundred dollars uh, per Bitcoin. So you know, you're you're probably still in on the beginning cusp of this, even though it's no longer being sold for under a buck. And you know, had I had any vision whatsoever, and it was a savvy investor to some extent, which I'm I'm not uh, clearly, I would have done the smart thing and bought a bunch of them when i realized how valuable they were i uh, came to the conclusion once that wow this is a real thing and it's important and uh, it needs you know it's gonna happen like this is working and i came to that conclusion when i found out about the silk road but i didn't have the investor savvy to to think oh i really believe in this i should go buy some i didn't (laughs) just sat and waited and then paid way too much uh, of course, what I paid back then was far less than and what it is worth now. now. Uh, hey, Mike, thanks for the call, man. Once again, you can go to bitinstant.com to get your own Bitcoins. I'm probably going to be doing that uh, here tonight. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Uh, bring up what you want. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content. Everything you see on the front page of the site, the numbered items as you scroll down the page, all of those were created by listeners like you. So when you find something online that you think is interesting, that you think our listeners would enjoy, and that we would enjoy as hosts of the show, you submit it as show prep, and then others will vote on it, and you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site. Now, the, the page from which they come is the upcoming stories page. So if you go to freetalklive.com, one of the first things you want to do once you're logged in is go to the upcoming stories page and then vote on the freshest stories on the site so they can hopefully be promoted. Or if they're terrible, you can vote them down and keep them from being promoted. So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive there. Ian here with you tonight. Jan, Johnny and Ray. Johnny Ray joining us as well here. Uh, and, of course, you can join us at 855-450-FREE. We've been all over the map for those of you just tuning in tonight. Everything from international trade issues to pot and parenting. Yeah, I wanted to say something else about that sure. before we started a new topic. Yep, and by the way, coming up, uh, we can talk about grinding on the subway. But uh, go ahead, pot and parenting. Well, I wanted to talk about my dad again when he 
came home from dinner parties that he went to with my mom, mm-hmm. and he smelled like alcohol. He was an amazing, loving dad. Is that and right? He, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can imagine um, someone telling a very different story yeah. about a father coming home smelling like alcohol, but my dad was when I the friendly drunk exactly, and he and he pick me up and throw me around and it was beautiful oh that's really heartwarming see i don't have any experience like that i don't even remember my parents drinking as they were uh, as i was growing up i know that when i was a teenager i would see them bring out a, a, a wine bottle like every now and then like i mean a couple times a year now that doesn't mean they weren't drinking secretly or something like that i haven't the slightest clue but i always got the impression that they were not you know they weren't uh, like prohibitionists or anything like that, but they just weren't really alcohol drinkers. So I can't relate. Yeah, well, my dad was just a great father to begin with, and and in at different times, he was a different kind of a great father. Awesome. That's good for you, man, and congratulations on that. You're certainly welcome to share your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. What was your experience as a young person growing up with a, uh, let's just say, drug-using parents? I mean, because alcohol is a drug. And uh, posted recently over at freekeen.com a video from Cop Block where there are a couple of really drunken teachers uh, on the the streets of Keene, New Hampshire. Or they one of them claimed to be a teacher. And uh, they were trying to explain to us why drugs are bad, but alcohol, that's fine. And alcohol is a very hard drug. And in the hands of a lot of people, alcohol will make them more violent, will make them more, you know, less uh, caring towards other human beings. And so if you were, you know, raised in a, in a family where drug use was condoned or acceptable or the parents were, were using drugs with you growing up, you know, I'd be interested to hear about that and what, you know, how, what kind of an effect that had on your life or as a parent how are you raising your kids uh today as they're growing up are you allowing them to see your use of uh, mind-altering substances or are you keeping that quiet are you hiding that from them while still using those mind-altering substances and what is that you know what is that is there something wrong with that it seems dishonest to me yeah, I'd love to hear from a cannabis-using parent, although I think if I was one, I wouldn't call in and talk about how I was doing it. Well, I mean, you don't have to give us your real name and where it is you're actually calling from. I mean, are you concerned about some sort of uh, federal government or state government coming in at, after you? Yeah, yeah, anything like that is Certainly, what I'm thinking uh, of. Certainly Child Protective Services or Department of Children and Families or whatever the alphabet agency is called in your state would definitely be interested in finding out who you are. But, uh, you know, they're not going to have access to the caller ID records of, of our network. So you'd probably be pretty safe. Or you could always say, someone I know has kids and uses cannabis. That's a dead giveaway, Ian. <laughs> nobody's nobody's going to fall for that. So you're welcome to share us, uh, share with us your experience, whether it's as a, a child growing up or as a parent. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is it irresponsible to advocate some level of honesty about this with uh, with kids when they're when they're growing up is is it irresponsible to advocate parents be able to share uh some of these experiences as you had said johnny ray when you were growing up you had the ability to access a beer or you know a glass of wine right. as you were growing up and uh it wasn't the end of the world right do you feel like that had an effect on your ability to uh to drink uh, more in a safe safer manner when you became a teenager or were you just you know going all s crazy and drinking all over the place no i would say that i was still 
in, still infatuated with alcohol mm-hmm. like everybody, like all my friends in high school were. The one formative experience I can remember was a day after a party that I had thrown, and there was oh, there was more alcohol around than I could than I could do anything with, and there were drugs, and and I just realized that n- drinking more or using more drugs is not going to make me feel any better, mm-hmm. and I feel pretty bad right now, and that taught me something mm. that. Drugs and alcohol don't really make you happy. And when did you learn that? As a teenager? That was when I was young. Yeah, I was That's probably probably nineteen, maybe twenty. I don't know. If no, I... no, 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 no. It was it was uh, it was younger than okay. that. I had my first real lesson when I was seventeen and uh, drank at a friend's house. It was my seventeenth birthday. I drank to the point where I blacked out, and uh, the only time I've ever uh, gotten that drunk. And drank to the point where I blacked out and found myself when I finally came to at around three in the morning. I was on a front, some a man's front porch, uh, passed out on that front porch. I had vomited, and uh, apparently I had gone to his house and pounded on his front door at uh, you know whatever time of the morning it was, uh, about having to take a dump or something like that. And I guess I had thought that I was back at my friend's house, but in point of fact, wasn't. And uh, this guy came downstairs with some sort of a gun and yeah. I guess held me at gunpoint until uh, the, uh, the police arrived. And you still wound up on his front porch? I'd passed out at some point. I don't know you know, what transpired between the police coming and me arriving at his front porch. I, I don't know what the interaction was because I don't remember any of it. Everything I know is from what I was told by, uh, by people after the fact. Now, at this point, I have to ask you if you woke up with anything in your pants that didn't belong there. (laughs) What does that mean? You said something about having to take a dump. Oh, I don't think so. No, no, definitely not. I don't know. That's just the story I'm told. I don't know what I was yelling about and who knows what what was actually happening. But that was my first, you know, real lesson. And as a result of that, I didn't come to the conclusion that alcohol wasn't going to make me happy because I wasn't, you know, coming at it from that perspective. I was just a teenager and wanted to, you know, drink with my friends. Uh-huh. But I did come to the conclusion that it's an incredibly powerful uh, drug and uh, st- I stayed away from it for 5 years after that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it has the power to make you very unhappy. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Emberly. She's listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Emberly, you're on with Ian and Johnny Ray. Hey, Ian. Hey, Johnny Ray. Hey, Emberly. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. Hey, I was just I was just listening, and I heard you guys talk about um, parenting and drug use. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I grew up with parents who both drank alcohol and um, used drugs as well. Um, and I have to say that the, the drug use was not nearly as destructive as the alcohol consumption that my parents partake. Really? Of. Now, what kind of drugs yeah. are we talking about? I'm sorry? What, what kind of drugs? Well, both my parents are, um, you know, avid cannabis users. And the, um, I know that, like, in the late 80s, they used cocaine. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't know about any other drugs that I didn't see them take any other kinds of drugs, but cocaine and and marijuana. Are they still avid cannabis users? I know that my mother is. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure about my dad. I haven't uh, talked to him in a long time, but yeah, my mom still is. 
Emberly, can you stand by? I want to hear more about your experience. That's all right. Sure. All right, more with Emberly here in a moment. Your calls are certainly welcome if you'd like to add your thoughts in here to this discussion. 855-450-FREE. Raising uh, kids with or without the use of drugs in the house, and if so, how they should be handled, how that situation uh, is best approached. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can get signed up for our news updates. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. Follow us via email, which is kind of the classic way to get information about Free Talk Live. We will send you uh, the most important info that way. But if you're following us on Twitter or Facebook, you get even more than just the news. You'll get updates during the show, questions, observations, some show prep here and there and whatever else we feel is appropriate to put onto Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can join us there over at news.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to both our Twitter and Facebook there, and uh, sign up for whatever it is that is most interesting to you. In fact, we're doing uh, Twitter Tuesdays now, and so we're in the middle of uh, Twitter Tuesday, actually getting toward the end of Twitter Tuesday at the moment. And uh, so the way Twitter Tuesdays is working is if you, during on Tuesday uh, or late Monday night, if you on Tuesday uh, will tweet at us, meaning doing an at sign Free Talk Live, all run together as one word. If you tweet at Free Talk Live, then we will uh, see that because that's what happens when you do an at symbol in front of the Twitter handle is we see it. And then we can click on your profile and follow you as a result. So if you want Free Talk Live to follow you on Twitter, all you have to do is tweet at Free Talk Live. And actually, uh, we just put up a Twitter account for Free Keen, which is my blog site where several people are bloggers, and uh, it's a great way to kind of keep up to date with the liberty activism that's going on, not just in Keene, New Hampshire, but all across uh, New Hampshire. And so if you're interested at all in what's going on up here with the Free State Project, it's a great site for you to check out. So Free Keen now also has a Twitter, and we're doing Twitter Tuesday there as well. Actually, we're doing Twitter introduction like anybody that tweets at free keen is also going to get followed by the free keen account so you can kind of double your twitter tuesday today you can tweet at free talk live and at free keen and you'll have two two accounts uh following you to uh, the the twitter or excuse me the free keen and the free talk live have i explained this sufficiently uh, johnny ray because i'm still new to the twitter thing i'm reading my uh, live read so i haven't been paying attention to you <laughs> one bit All right, we'll go ahead with, uh, tell me about the Freedom Cam. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection, the GPS black box dash cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. Let's go to Emberly. She's in New Hampshire. Emberly, you're on Free Talk Live. You were telling us before we had to go to the break there that uh, you were you were raised in a household where the parents were uh, avid marijuana smokers. They also were drinkers. You had the most negative experience when they were drunk. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, my... 
especially my, my mother, my, my dad would just get kind of mellow and chill out. But my mom, depending on what she drank, you know, if she was drinking just beer, she would get very emotional. Um, if she was drinking like in particular scotch or whiskey, then uh, she could, she has potential to get very violent. Oh my. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it was, it was kind of scary, you know, with her, uh, you know, drinking like that. But when, when they smoked pot, especially my mother, it would be like the most calm and loving experience in our household was hmm. when they were smoking pot. Now, what did they, how did they treat you? I mean, how aware of, of this were you? At what age did you become aware? Were they hiding it for a period of time? What was your experience growing up? Yeah, they, I know that they, they didn't like advertise it when we were really young. Um, I guess I first really noticed it when I was about eight or nine. And um, when I, actually, when I was nine years old, I went through a period of, and, incredible insomnia and that was the first time that I ever smoked pot was when I was nine years old my mother just got like really really um tired of me not sleeping and she she I remember distinctly we were sitting on her bed and I was crying because I was so tired but I just couldn't sleep and Uh. she said well have have some of this just just take a little bit of this just inhale a little bit and then you'll go to sleep just fine and she was so right Uh. one little tiny (laughs) smoke and I was passed out. <laughs> so now somebody's going to hear that and say that was irresponsible. She shouldn't have done that. Uh, marijuana is a terrible drug and children certainly shouldn't be smoking. Uh, so, I mean, what is your response to that? I, I completely disagree. Uh, marijuana is a plant. And, you know, I see nothing wrong with people smoking marijuana at all. I, I have no disagreement with anyone who smokes pot. I think that it's the most natural and least harmful um, drug that, if it can even be considered a drug, in my opinion, it's really not. It's just a plant. But it's the most um, comfortable and and easy thing, I think, for people. It makes people calm, and it it just makes people nicer. Yep. You certainly don't hear about people uh, beating on each other after uh, smoking a joint uh, together. It just tends to not be uh, the stories that you hear. I appreciate your story tonight, Emberly, and thank you for sharing it. 855-450-FREE. James Bond is on the line. Uh, you are calling from Missouri. James Bond, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to call and let you guys know what type of effect you guys are having on people. Okay. I, uh, I started listening to you in 2007, and I grew up in a Republican family. My mom voted straight Republican ticket, and so did my dad. Mm, mine we too. Went to church every, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Oh, wow. And... We were just a hardcore uh, right-wing family. Yep. And <laughs> so when I started listening to you, I was, you know, for the war in the Middle East. I listened to Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck. I loved Fox News. I thought everybody else was evil. And I voted for Bush mm. in the election uh, previous. I was against gay marriage, heavily against abortion, and now, and, and was a devout Christian. But now I uh, understand the free market. I understand what the Fed has done. I also uh, am very against the war in the Middle East. I listen to free talk. By the way, I stopped listening to you guys for like two years, but somewhere came back. And anyway, well, was there was there a show now. that that offended you? I don't know. That's happened to me. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Back, back when I was, you know, first listening to you, I wasn't an atheist. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys would say things that would really bother me, but uh, anymore, you know, now that I've actually listened to you guys and Penn Teller, and Penn I've Gillette. read, uh, yeah, Penn, Penn Gillette, my bad. I've read uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, a couple of his books, but at least listen to the audio books. And uh, I, I, I'm believing in uh, the M theory and things like that a lot more than the Bible anymore. What's the M theory? But, well, it's just the idea of the multiverse and the idea that the planets all started out like dust and became uh, bigger rocks and then slowly evolved into a planet. And it's just an understanding of how the universe was created rather than just, you know, because it's kind of hard to understand, like, how these things all came about. So I think people just give up and they say, oh, well, I'm just going to believe in God, because that just makes sense. And it doesn't actually, though. There's no, I mean, you can't factually disprove God, but you can't factually prove God either. And you can actually find more facts supporting the, and more theories supporting uh, an atheist look at life than you can uh, a life with God. Well, the funny thing but, is, I have, uh, over the, uh, the time span of doing this show, gone from being an atheist to being a panentheist. Uh, but if you want to stand by, tell me more about your experience, because I'm curious, you know, what about your parents? Uh, how have they accepted your changes? Because uh, you sounded like the, you know, the prodigal son. Uh, for a little while there. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. You're in uh, 855-453 is a number. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Johnny Ray. All right. Uh, You can also join us online over at freetalklive.com where you can enjoy various features. So we give away the Shrine of Female Listeners is one of them. You can, if you are a lady listener, become part of the Shrine. It is uh, The purpose is to show the ladies who listen to the program, who've taken the time to show that they are indeed listeners by validating themselves via photo or uh, video, proving that they're listening to Free Talk Live. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, I want to clue you into a really useful Bitcoin website. I was just on it today, uh, blockchain.info. If you have not yet been there, you should take a look. They've got a lot of different features uh, from an online Bitcoin wallet to a lookup uh, to search the blockchain. So, for instance, if you punch in your Bitcoin wallet address on blockchain.info, it'll show you all the transactions that have happened uh, that are associated with that particular key because everything in the the Bitcoin universe, while it can be used anonymously, is public. So it seems counterintuitive, but it's not actually. It actually allows for total transparency, while at the same time you can still use it in an anonymous manner. So you can actually take anybody's Bitcoin address, punch it into blockchain.info, and it'll give you the rundown of what has happened with that address. It's neat stuff. Uh, they also have apps for Android, and if you've got a jailbroken iPhone, you can use their app there as well. Uh, and thanks to their fancy encryption techniques, blockchain never has access 
to your money. In fact, they can't even know how much money you're sending or receiving. So it's a really unique uh, Bitcoin wallet. You should check it out for yourself. You can actually send Bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. All of this costs you nothing. Go to blockchain.info and get started there. Blockchain.info. That's where my Bitcoin wallet is at blockchain.info. Are you keeping everything in there? I've got two wallets on blockchain. So, yes, everything. I recommend having a wallet that you keep personally uh-huh. on your own personal hardware that you use kind of like as a vault that you could possibly, uh, you know, encrypt. I'm worried because I can't have nice things and I break all my hardware. <laughs> Well, I hope it works out for you. I'm not saying that blockchain is going to go down or that there's some sort of scam going on there, but uh, they, they're probably the best Bitcoin wallet I've seen online. But if you know if something gets disconnected, uh, some sort of server, you know, if their server gets attacked, uh, you know, you might be SOL. So I, I always issue caution with the idea of using an online wallet. It's it's your money, so you're fully responsible for how you keep it. If you want to entrust it to somebody else, if you want to trust entrust all of it to somebody else. That's you know kind of putting your eggs all in one basket. And I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a safe practice. Yeah, something to think about. Let's go to uh, James Bond. He's back with us, listening uh, in Missouri. And James Bond, you were telling us a moment ago about your personal story about how you were raised. Uh, you know, in an ultra conservative household, kind of a uh, Bible thumping, church going uh, household. Go Republican Party. And uh, now, five years later, you are uh, you, you consider yourself an atheist. You're on the on board with the ideas of the free marketplace. And you've had a, a big transition. You were telling us that there was a period of time for a couple of years where you stopped listening to Free Talk Live. And Johnny Ray had inquired as to, you know, what uh, what happened there. You know, I, I worked at a plant. I would make bottles for 12 hours every night, and I had nothing to do but stare at the wall. It was and nobody to talk to. So I would listen to your podcasts every night because they were so long. But when I quit that job, you know, I didn't really have the ability to listen to you again. Right. And then it wasn't until... Not too, you know, almost a year ago that I thought, you know, I wonder what those guys are doing. And I just started listening to you again. But it was after I had already become an atheist that I turned you back on. Hmm. So, I mean, there were some things, you know, like back then, Bill Maher would offend me. And because, you know, like his religious, anti-religious stuff, I mm-hmm. hardly watch his show. And I think your show I kind of offended me, too. But like I said, you know, it really, honestly, what really pushed me over was Penn Jillette with his book, uh, God Know, mm. and his uh, the, the BS episode about the Bible where he goes through and analyzes it and tells you, you know, this doesn't make sense, this isn't true. Yeah. And, you know, once you realize that the people that wrote the Bible lived 140 years after Jesus had died, that that's when they were writing this stuff, it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it's almost like it wasn't even firsthand account. And when you realize that there were... Uh, ton of other stories very similar to the Bible story in that area mm-hmm. with completely different people that the stories were about. Like It's almost like the Bible's just a mashup of all these other sure. religious fables. Well, there the are only area. so many stories that can be told, and uh, there's you know there's always like a similar story told in a, a number of different ways. And uh, the mm-hmm. Bible does link up with uh, a lot of other gods, uh, you know, Jesus and the kind of the the factors that surround him uh, are very similar to uh, the other stories that were told, like the pagan religion and things like that, the sun god. Well, any more, though, it's easier for me to believe in things like the theories that come, you know, that, that, that we have to understand how the Earth was created and how people were created. It's easier for me to believe that once I study it than it is for me to believe 
in this omniscient, godly power. Omniscient, I can't even say Omniscient? The word. <laughs> omnipotent? Either of There's those. Either of those would apply. Uh, so James Bond, yeah. interesting. I'm glad that you know you've had a positive experience uh, listening to this program. What do your parents think, though? I mean, these. I, I by the way, you want to talk about somebody who doesn't know anything about the Bible? I totally botched uh, botched it up on the way out to the last break. I said the prodigal son. No, the prodigal son was a story. I looked it up because I felt like I was wrong on that one. And uh, the prodigal. Yeah, you probably know the story, right? Well, actually, you know, I went to Bible studies, and I read the Bible all the time, and I had to memorize Bible verses. And yeah, I know what you're talking about, the son that goes away for a long time and then comes back, and his, son, his dad makes a big dinner for him or whatever, and the other son feels left out. But that's, it's been a long time. So, uh, your parents uh, and their thoughts on what, what's happened? My, what my mom doesn't really accept it. She, I mean, she said, I mean, they know. My dad doesn't like to talk about it, but I still talk, you know, my dad and I, by the way, this is part of the story, I guess, too. Last time, last election when I wrote in Ron Paul, my dad was pissed because he said I was throwing away my vote. He couldn't believe I was doing that. He was just unbelievably pissed. No joke, he's writing in Ron Paul. This uh-huh. He's hardcore. He was a delegate. He was a delegate for Ron Paul. Interesting. And he hates Romney. He hates the Republican Party now. He's so do you think you've rubbed gone. off on him? Oh, yeah. He's not an atheist or anything. <laughs> That's all right. But he hates not either. Romney. He hates Obama. He hates the whole thing. So, and he understands the Fed now, and he understands what they're doing. Because we watched uh, The American Dream, that YouTube video together, and we've read Ron Paul together. I got him into Dan Carlin. Too, and, which, so by the way, so this, all this change has happened to your dad, and your mom is still just like, uh, doesn't want to talk about it, right? No, my mom. My mom likes Ron Paul, and oh, she okay. likes all that. But as far as as far as atheism goes, oh, I got she you. She won't. Well, hey, if mom and dad are on board with Ron Paul, then that's all that really matters. I mean, what's what does it really matter? I mean, as an atheist, does it really matter to you whether or not your parents become atheists? What bothers me about religion, and no, it doesn't. Not with my parents, but with the future generations in the world, the, the kids growing up like my kids, it does bother me them not you know believing in a god. And the reason it does is because if you look at all these wars that are caused in this world, and even if you look at all the right wing crap, it's all religious. Mm. They won't even stop. Like, I've sat down at uh, uh, these groups of people where we sit down and we talk about, and I'm not, I don't want to use laws to stop religion. I want complete freedom in America. Yeah. But it does, you know. But I'm you're right, gonna... though. I mean, religion is behind a lot of killing, it's behind a lot of hatred. Uh, organized religion probably... is. And, and I, I definitely share your concerns. I think the good news is that over generations, people are becoming less uh, religious. So I think that. Things are moving in the right direction there. Although, you know, like I said, I'm not even an atheist, but I can relate because I was one for a, a good decade of my life. Johnny Ray, what about you? Are you a uh, religious man? I am a religious man, I suppose. More with, like spirituality, or like what kind of? What yeah, kind of more like if 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 religion is organized, then then no, I'm not so much. Religion for that. by default is not organized, right? Okay. Religion is just a set of beliefs about uh, the origins of the universe, perhaps. Um, no, I always thought that religion was was the organization. No, hey, thanks, James Bond. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thanks for the story. Glad you uh, got something of benefit out of Free Talk Live. Thank you. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You're welcome to tell us your story as well. Uh, we'll f- continue on this line of uh, questioning here in a moment. You can take control, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you get on the lines now, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on the site there. Uh, They are free for you. And, of course, you can interact with them, and uh, you don't have to pay anything. But if you do have some money that you'd like to share with us, we'll take it via Bitcoin uh, and also of cash. So we got the AMP program that you can go to at amp.freetalklive.com. But also, if you have Bitcoins and you want to share some with us, you can go and toss them into the Bitcoin tip jar. Just go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com to get our current Bitcoin address. That's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Another great way to support the show. Uh, so 855-453 as we continue here. We'll go uh, back to the religious conversation here in a moment, but I want to get to John listening in Cincinnati to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, John. Hi. Hey. Um, what do you want to I share? I think John? that it was a huge mistake for the United States to go away from the way we used to do things. It's good that we have dictators in certain parts of the world. It's that way you good? can manage things. The thing was, when we had Mubarak there and Gaddafi, yeah, they were corrupt individuals, but they were easily managed. Whoa, 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 hold on. I just want to see if I'm understanding you here. You're saying it's good that there are dictators? The situation is out of control. At the end end of World War II, Yugoslavia was run for about a 40-year period by a dictator named Marshal Tito. The minute that he was dead, before his body was even cold, the United Nations broke that country in two because they knew those people would start starving each other about immediately. So it would it be better uh, for the U.S. to have a dictator? Well, I'm not saying that because we have, we have a constitution that has freedom of religion. There's no freedom of religion in these, these Muslim countries at all. Oh, how do you, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's uh, not necessarily true. It depends on uh, what country we're talking about. To to simply loop everybody into the same, uh, you know, the, the same set of uh, rules is very ignorant. Huge mistake. to let Mubarak leave Egypt. Huge mistake. You think that human beings, if they're not in the United States, should live under a dictator? Yes. If they're going to kill each other, yes. The civil wars, yes. Well, there was a civil war in this country. Right, and it was devastating. If you look at it, if you compare it to today's population, you're talking over two or three million dead. The fact is, the American people would not tolerate that type of carnage now. So is this the ethnocentric argument that uh, Americans Americans are better than the people in the rest of the world? No, I'm just saying, if we're going to be involved in those areas, then we have to manage things more properly. Well, you're involved in those areas? Because I can tell you I'm not. When you say we, do you mean the U.S. federal government? Well, are you... Well, well, I'm, I'm of the Christian faith. I am not a hard-right Christian, 
But let's face that. How here. did Jesus feel about there. dictators? Well, I'm just telling you this. No, 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 no. I'm asking you, matter, as a Christian. It, it would not matter if Israel was the dictatorship. The United States government would support them. I really, that dodged my question. I'm asking you, you said you're a Christian, so you opened yourself up to a question about Jesus. They have based a lot of things on how we act in the Middle East due to our Christian faith. That has a lot to do with it. So so would Jesus have supported a dictator? No. The United States position should be this. If you have a peace treaty with Israel... You have a free ticket to treat your people any way you want. I don't really look. You know what? Your opinions about foreign aid aside, I was asking you about Jesus. You said you were a Christian, and I want to focus on this because you said that people around the world would be better off with a dictator because the government in the U.S. could control those people better through that dictator, which sounds very unchristian. That sounds very unchristian. No, it's not that. It's to keep those people from killing each other. Oh, so you're going to control them for their own good, because you know what's best, right? No, the dictator does a better job at controlling things. Look what's happening. So, how many people does the dictator have to kill to make it? uh, You know, like like if the dictator needs to start killing people to make sure that people don't kill each other, that's okay with you, right? It's about managing the situation. Wow, these are people's lives you're talking about. I have a customer right now. Oh, okay. You just go ahead and uh, run away there, John. Uh, Have a nice night. Call some other time when you have some time, because I'd really love to talk to you when you're not dodging the relevant question about uh, how you can, on one hand, claim to be a Christian, and on the other hand, say you want people to live under a dictator because you believe that they're going to kill each other otherwise, but if the dictator has to kill a few people to make sure that other people don't kill each other, well, that's fine. It's just about managing the situation. That's sick. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You clearly don't believe this. You know, what he wasn't saying there, to translate what he was saying, he was saying, those people over there are savages. Those brown savages, they're trying to kill each other and murder and eat and rape each other, and they're just vicious savages. And they need to have another savage, somebody who's in charge of all those savages, to stop them from being so savage so we can control them. Would Jesus have said that about his fellow human beings? Okay, so some people might kill each other in the absence of a dictator. Aren't people killing each other with the dictator there? Aren't people likely to have conflict with or without a dictator? Aren't most people not conflict-oriented? Aren't most people just interested in having their life and their family and their loved ones and, you know, the job or the career or the vocation they've, they've chosen, the leisure time that uh, they might be able to eke out in a very poor living that they might uh, be experiencing in a third world country. Aren't most people just looking for the same things that everybody else is? Love, companionship, the next meal, sleep. Civilization wouldn't be where it was if today, if most people were crazy savages who wanted to kill them kill each other for right. a scrap of bread or a or some meat on a bone yeah we would be spiraling down to the end of uh, end of any sort of civilization you're right and once again you know the jesus question still stands how can you claim to be a christian and at the same time support a dictator and let alone support democracy that's no, that's not that much better 
mean, in theory, you could have a benevolent dictator and an absolutely tyrannical democracy. Yeah, democracy is just one one. You get one arbitrary subset of leaders. In in our case, we have uh, politicians and government workers. There are rulers. They're right. not necessarily any less smart than a monarch. Yeah, just because you have uh, 525 pharaohs instead of one pharaoh doesn't make it that much better. And so, again, you know, as my, as I understand it, you know, having been a Christian for a, for a little while, and I think knowing more now about it as an adult than I really did when I was a kid being, you know, brought up in Sunday school and vacation Bible school and things like that. As somebody who was a Christian and who understands that at least some of the basic tenets of uh, Christianity and what Jesus taught, I don't think Jesus, who was all about, you know, loving your enemy, turning the other cheek, forgiveness, I don't think he would support dictators. Just don't, you know, hey, call me crazy. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Bob, listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hey, Bob. Hey, what's going on, dude? Hey. Um, I, I got better. I got better stuff tonight. Not not about helicopters. Right. Um, um, your last caller. Um, I mean, really, do me a favor. Are you still there? Right here, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, if you believe in God, whatever. If you don't, whatever. Just be a good person and try to do the best you can. That dude was insane. Just a control freak, man. Just somebody who thinks he knows how the world should be, and he's willing to use whatever level of force is necessary to attempt to mold it that way. And, you know, what he doesn't understand is that when you try to control others, you only end up finding yourself controlled. Bob, yeah, thanks I'm for the call. I'm not sure where he was coming from, but I think that he thinks the uh, people in the Middle East are subhuman. That's you. That's what he was saying without actually coming out and saying it. Let's go to James listening in West Virginia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going tonight, man? Hey, it's going good, but we're short on time, so go quick. Okay, okay. I just wanted to put something in there about that guy that called in, the, one of the uh, Christian and everything, or the, the caller before last. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it kind of sickens me. I, I don't get it. My wife's a, a Muslim from Bosnia, and, you know, I'm an atheist. I, I can't help it. I just can't believe that, that any religion can say that my religion's right, your religion's wrong, and... uh if you don't believe the same thing I believe, then you ain't worth nothing, you know. You know. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, you know, let, let's just think back to the, the Christian Serbs that basically destroyed Bosnia, the Muslims, and killed them. Uh, you know, dug big pits and put as many people as we can in the holes there and fill them up. And, you know, the good old Christians, they always get on and, and call in, then you get a caller like that. I lo- Was it Gandhi because, uh, who said, I love your Christ, but I uh, don't much care for the Christians? Uh, hey, thanks for the call. <laughs> I wish we had more time for you, James. We're out of it for tonight. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Thanks, Johnny Ray. Yeah, because I had a blast. It's Change Your Words, Change Your Life, a daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak. Here's New York Times bestselling author, Joyce Meyer. Right words at the right time to the right person can be a great blessing. But we must learn the art of talking about a negative situation in a positive way. I find that if I'm talking just to be talking, I usually speak out of my emotions. And most of what I say is useless. I may be giving other people information, but I'm not helping myself and I'm not helping them. And often I find that I feel worse after talking than I did before I opened my mouth. Anytime we talk to someone else about our problems, we should be doing so in search of an answer or some wise counsel that can comfort us. I encourage you 
and I encourage myself to use wisdom with all of our words. For Change Your Words, Change Your Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times best-selling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold.